Welcome back to uh, the Radical Change Radio, and uh, we are continuing our discussion on uh, tribing, the uh, building tribes and groups that work and sometimes don't. Um, and uh, uh, so last time we've uh, talked about the stages of uh, tribe, and uh, today we'll uh, talk about the roles that are required and uh, sometimes desirable uh, in order for the tribe to go through those stages and, well, to exist to begin with. So um, I guess without much uh, uh, ado, let's just jump into that. Uh, so uh, there, there'll be, uh, I guess we've identified uh, about six roles at this point that we consider important. Uh, let me just say them all. It's a visioneer, logistics, lubricant, critic, connector, and a translator. And we'll just go through all of those and uh, explore which those are. Let's see if you find any more roles to maybe on the way, who knows, maybe not. So let's jump in. Uh, we think that the first four roles that we're going to discuss are critical. That is, you can't really have a working tribe without them. And the uh, last two are mm -hmm, ad hoc and uh, required as necessary. Uh, yeah, the thing I, I would like to add two things is uh, start thinking of the, 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 the tribe as a field and what these roles are. These roles have to be present for that field to be functional. These roles can don't have to necessarily be different people, but that same person can hold multiple of these roles, but these roles have to be taken care of in order for you to do this. And as Arman said, the first four roles of the visioneer, logistics, lubricant, and critic are essential to have a tribe being maintained. The last two roles, the connector and the translator, are especially important in the the what next and the regeneration phases. So, so with that, let's jump in, guys. Mm -hmm. Okay, so visioneer. All right. So, I, I guess the first, uh, the first, uh, the mo one of the most critical roles, the first role is that of the the visioneer or the dreamer. So, in in some ways, this is the person who dreams up the possibility, uh, either dreams it up or comes as a dream to him, right? Either way, whether he's receiving or sending, this is the person that uh, that serves as uh, serves out the first the first vision, the first story, the the possibility of something new emerging and uh, taking shape what you'll find uh, what you'll find in this kind of a person generally is that or in this role is that uh, they speak sometimes in in a language much more of symbols and poetry and metaphor uh, they are they are drawn they are drawn by the possibility of uh, either a better world or a better version of themselves or a better version of the whole tribe and are driven predominantly by a need to give back so that's that's pretty much the way i see the role but uh, I'm, I'm curious uh, what do you guys have to add what works what doesn't work from the other from the perspective of the other roles well uh, like you said uh when the 
visioneer speaks in symbols and poetry, it's often very hard to understand. Right. Uh, and uh, it needs to be often explained <laughs> very thoroughly mapped to some common language or some reality. Uh, and the vision is often not communicated the whole as a whole big uh, uh, chunk right away because that that tends to overwhelm everyone except the visioneers. It's much too big to swallow, right? So, um, so often the right strategy is to parcel it out in chunks. Yeah, it also could be a little overwhelming. Like, uh, it's too much. It's like, wow, you know, you, you're already planning to take over the world and we haven't even bought a chair, right? And, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, uh, I guess, it's, it's especially for logistics, uh, it, it's uh, usually overwhelming because it's like, wait a minute, you know, okay, yeah, I, I see where you're trying to go, but let's, let's like scale back first and like what is this so it becomes absolutely uh -huh. critical in this role to have a, a, a sense of tenacity and a sense of holding the vision right i think the difference between um, in some ways um, uh, true visioneers and wannabe visioneers is the ability to hold that end in mm -hmm. constant no matter what happens Right, that that sense of tenacity is absolutely critical. Um, when I'm looking for other people uh, in to fill this role, or when people say they do this, I look for their ability and that tenacity to hold true to a, a, a state, even if it's ten years out in the future, but hold it constant over a period of time and be passionate and tenacious about it, no matter how many obstacles come their way. Mm -hmm. You change your strategy, how you go about it, but that doesn't mean that you lose the vision itself, the symbol itself. The, the in some ways, if you want to go get mythical about it, lose the connection with the archetype itself. Also, the visioneer uh, is um, that the person who is a visioneer uh, often very naturally becomes the uh, a leader of the of the group of the tribe. Um, and that can raise its own set of issues, right? So if uh, uh, the role there really is, is obviously a contested role, right? So uh, it, to the sense that ego is present in the people in the tribe, uh, there will be a fight for that of some sort. Yeah, I guess that's, that's probably critical in the, especially in the initial dating, right? So when people haven't really got the power balance yeah. yet. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it yeah. kind of evens out. I, I, I think with us, like after five, six years in RCG, we kind of evened it out and <laughs> we don't really fight for power anymore <laughs> as well, much I, anyway. I, I would say with, with us, the important step was the mm -hmm. realization that, um, well, there were a couple. First, that these are roles. They're not, they're, not, uh, they're not people. These are roles and roles are shifting. Right. And each one of us is a visioneer at a particular moment and for some it's more natural some less natural but whatever mm -hmm. you know it's a role that shifts that's that was number one mm -hmm. and number two was a distinction between the leader and the and the and the vision creator holder maintainer you know that's also different because for us yeah the role of the leader is very fluent as well right mm -hmm. see even on podcasts we alternate who leads the podcast um 
Yeah, there's no fight for it. No, no yeah, ego yeah. hassles. Yeah, for, usually yeah. we usually we just want to give this to to to, to others. It's just kind of natural. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the the vision holder, I think that has mostly been mayur, right? Uh, so so those are two big distinctions to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and now we are coming to the logistics. So that's uh, in some ways it's almost the uh, well not the opposite but well I guess the opposite side of the spectrum from a visioneer. Uh, in some ways. So logistics is uh, the role, uh, or the person who's playing that role would be uh, organizing and figuring out, okay, here's, uh, uh, here's what we need to do tomorrow to uh, uh, make you know, the next step happen. And for that, we need uh, a computer, a set of microphones, a software, a camera, if we are remote, and you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? So, so um, oh, we uh, got no idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> if, if there is one role that frustrates the visioneer, it's the logistics guy. The visioneer is trying to go out and change the world or hold this new world, you know. Uh, get, and get the logistic guy book. says, "I need the spare batteries." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's he's the guy who holds the details. I mean, I'm making fun of it, but I think it's a critical role because you know you need those spare batteries, you need the pieces in place, and start moving step by step. So if if you look at the time spectrum, right, one way to think about it is the logistics guy looks forward in time, sequentially. Mm-hmm one step at a time the visioneer looks backward in time where the future has already happened and is looking back so sometimes yeah. you'll have some interesting conversations because uh, the visioneer is already 10 years out and he's thinking year nine and uh, uh, the logistics guy is today thinking okay what are all the things i need to get to year one right so that's where a lot is lost in translation and screaming matches happen and each guy thinks the other guy is fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, yeah, one uh, is small chunk, one is large chunk. Yeah, very much too. so. In everything, actually. In, yeah. in, in detail as well as in time, as well as in space. Yeah. Just everywhere. Yep. Yeah, right. Actually, for, for that particular reason, I think we've discussed this a lot before the podcasts. that uh, for this particular reason, it's very hard for one and the same person to hold both roles. Both uh, visioneer and logistics. At it's, the same time, yeah, it's, yes. it's impossible. Yeah, you're really impossible. Right now, but it's, yeah. Uh-huh. So that, that's that, that's why you know a tribe gotta be at least two people, right? Yeah. Otherwise, it's a so, nice way to have schizophrenia <laughs> if the same person holds. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I think this is important. Uh, uh, one person can have both roles, but at the same time, I mean, you mm-hmm. you both guys, right? Uh, say Mayur, right? Even though you've played the role of visioneer, you've taken the role of visioneer mostly in our tribe, uh, that you, you're still able to drive places and brush your teeth, right? Of so course. all these small of detail course. logistics things, right? Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise, I guess I've been taking most of the logistics uh, uh, role, uh, but at the same time. You're doing the logistics uh, role uh-huh. here, but you're being the visioneer in your movie making. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, well, that's a, a pro- different tribe. Yeah, a producer, yeah, a director, no, no, right? That's what he's saying. It's like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that, that role is in that context, in that field. Mm-hmm. But those roles can shift between the fields that you go in. Right, right. Yeah, so, uh, um, 
actually, I'm not even sure what else to add about the logistics because uh, it's, it's well, to me it's almost obvious that okay, those are the two things, right? That we, that yeah, I think I think have. I think you cannot underestimate the power of logistics. I think you, if you want the, if you want, if you <laughs> want, like a threat. If, if you want to, if you want to get the tribe moving, no matter how good the vision is and how good the things are you still need the 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 tribe in place uh the logistics in place to get the tribe actually functioning and moving mm -hmm. so yeah oh actually one more piece i wanted to add uh, as uh, so you started to mention this already that there's usually like miscommunication and misunderstanding and all that right especially in the initial stages initial dating this first uh, uh stage of marriage uh the honeymoon part right it's the one and the other person, uh, you know, let's say logistics would think that the visioneer is uh, is just so unrealistic, so out there, right? Mm. Whereas the the uh, visioneer thinks the logistics guy is really slow, and why doesn't he get it? Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so it's um, it's really important to understand that uh, these are opposite roles in many ways. Yeah, and uh, they got to be. I guess we'll get to perhaps, I don't know, lubricant and translator in the moment, uh, where this becomes very important yeah. to hold those two roles hold together. Hold both of them together. Mm -hmm. Actually, yes. that's a nice transition into a lubricant right there. Right, so that role is um, somewhat um, uh, ill-defined, uh, um, almost by the virtue of what it does. Uh, Lubricant is 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 the role that actually creates this the, the space which is uh, which is conductive to to tribe doing its thing or creating or being. Um, it might be best to explain it in uh, in um, in analogy, right? So imagine someone like uh, a great mathematician, right, uh, or maybe a great poet, right, and you put them in the in the in a beautiful place, you know, with Himalayas out the window or something, you know, in solitude with all the right thing, all the right uh, instruments, a pen, paper, they need to, to do their art, right? And uh, that space is conductive to them doing their art, right? And so chances are they will do something, something there. Now, versus, let's take some, the other end of it, you know, you put them, I don't know, in a concentration camp, right? And most likely there will be no poetry coming out of that place. <laughs> So what I'm saying is the, the the atmosphere, the space is extremely important, right? Uh, if you look at these two extreme examples, uh, uh, it, that role is often not taken into consideration. It's like, yeah, whatever, you know, I can do it here, I can do it there. But no, you actually cannot. Uh, uh, all of us can make compromises short term, but long term, it's not really possible to do so. So, can creates this this space. Which is it's it's like the earth, the ground, the ocean, in some way, you know, from which mm -hmm. then the uh, which empowers the tribe to do its beauty. I would I would add one di one more dimension to that. Uh, I, I'll use the analogy of gears and oil. Right, uh, you have two different sizes of gear on a bicycle, and they both can function independently, but they have to work together in cohesion, mm -hmm. in coordination, for the bicycle to actually accelerate forward. And the way you do that uh, is the oil comes in so that neither of the two gears are damaged, but they can still sink in with each other 
and move the whole vehicle in a smooth way forward, right? So I think the lubricant, most people don't think about the role. It may, it may, it may like, like Karan was saying, you know, it's ill-defined. It's, I think it's much more fluid rather than ill-defined. That is that the oil can take the shape necessary mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. order for the gears mm-hmm. to function together. Right? Yeah, in that way, it's almost invisible, right? And so in, a, in that way, mm-hmm. it almost becomes invisible, but it's a critical element for mm-hmm. the vehicle to move well, it's forward. Actually, that's the thing. It's when everything, everything is perfect, it's invisible. It right. becomes invisible when stuff isn't working. Yeah. Right? It's, when, it's the, not, when the gears are not sinking, they're creaking, they're, they, you can <laughs> hear them, right? Yeah. It's known by its absence, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, uh-huh. Exactly. Right. Like you know, you feel I you I hate being here. I hate being with these people. Yeah, you're missing that lubricant there. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, why don't we move on then? Do, do you have anything else to say about that? Uh, okay. Let's let's move on to the critic. So. Uh, uh, critic is extremely important. Okay. Critic <laughs> is the guy who keeps. The bullshit out, <laughs> <laughs> especially out of the division here. <laughs> Why do we need critic? No, I mean, look, <laughs> it's just it's just slowing the whole thing down. Um, yeah, the critic is functional at both places, right? I think uh, uh, um, the the example uh, Arman was talking about to keep the uh, the uh, vision here in check in some ways, but it's also needed. To keep the logistics guy thinking beyond the box so that's where uh, skills of being a contrarian comes in where if somebody wants to do things say the logistics role wants to do things this way by playing the role of a contrarian why yeah. this way why not this way you're being a critic to that particular process mm-hmm. you're able to open up these options so yeah i think critic gets a bad rap by because they think of this critic the role of a critic just as somebody who shoots things down but it also plays a very foundational role in framing the problem and two in opening up the problems by by becoming a contrarian and saying why why this why not this mm-hmm. so uh, because even a contrarian at the heart of it is using a critic's strategy to saying maybe this thing is not the only way that there are other ways. So I, I think it, it becomes a very foundational piece in keeping the, in, in helping frame out winnable chunks from the visioneer's piece and to frame up and open up new possibilities from the logistics guy's uh, role's piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think another dimension here for the critic is, uh, uh, I don't know, probably the best analogy I have is, uh, uh, finding the bugs, you know, kind of in the in the thinking, uh, mm-hmm. being the devil's advocate and basically destroying things if they can be destroyed until you, until other roles basically arrive at uh, at the core of it, at the essence, which withstands the critics, the criticism, and therefore it's the most powerful, you know, or the you know, the most powerful, the most beautiful, the most elegant solution comes out, and uh, uh, it uh, it. Uh, adds to the value overall quite a bit so when uh, when this role is uh, welcomed and understood uh, in the tribe it's actually uh, well it becomes a necessity you, you, you need it like air after a while you absolutely need it yes but also the sequence is important mm-hmm. if you start with the critic in the tribe you're screwed because he's going to ask you why do you need the tribe to begin with so. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, the, the, there's a sequence to it where the initial dreaming happens, some of the logistics and the realism happens. The logistics is essentially the realism piece coming mm-hmm. to the grand vision. And when the things have started moving, now you bring in the critic to further fine tune the pieces and, you know, take care of, uh, you might have started building a castle in air. Now you better figure out how the foundation is put in place. Right. Right. So, so the sequencing is absolutely uh, critical. So in my view, get the vision, logistics and lubricant in place and then welcome the critic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, Arman mentioned before, it's, it's, it's like, uh, the Disney, creativity strategy right it's yeah it, it does it does follow mm-hmm. quite a few parts of those yes mm-hmm. yeah yeah so once uh, once these four rows uh, start functioning right so we basically at that point we have a functioning tribe uh for, for better or worse right uh it's becoming to function yes uh now uh uh Like if you look at the stages, right, it, it may start to expand, uh, it may start to build, I don't know, one child, a bunch of children, and uh, maybe it even starts regenerating and looking for the next thing, right? So at that point, you may have to uh, look for, I don't know, maybe other members of the tribe, other ideas for, for things, uh, other, you know, various other things. And... Uh, The next two roles come in, the connector and the translator. If I may jump in, I think, I think yeah. if, you look at, if you look at the stages of the tribes, right? Let's assume you have a functioning tribe. Now, the functioning tribe, if it reaches status quo, it actually starts to de- degenerate, right? So mm-hmm. in some ways, for a tribe to be vital, it has to regenerate. Yeah. And regeneration requires two, two key roles. Uh, the one of uh, a connector and a translator. The way to think about this, uh, if I may jump in here, is uh, connecting to other domains, other sources of vitality, right? You have a certain amount of vitality in the tribe. Now, how do you bring in new vitality? It could be new domains. It could be new people. It could be new ways of expressing what you've already known. Mm-hmm. Right. So discovering and connecting and bringing those roles in and then the translation has to happen where, okay, you've discovered these new domains or new sources of vitality and you're trying to welcome this into your existing tribe. Can you serve as a translator between the existing members of the tribe who may have settled in and may want the status quo mm-hmm. to saying, hey, I'm introducing a whole new element that is uh, going to either expand our tribe or change our tribe? Right. And that's where the translation, uh, uh, the role of the translator comes into play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I may generalize what you said, um, remember the last podcast we spoke about the stages of tribing? To remind you, it was initial dating, followed by marriage, followed by child, followed by honorable closure, followed by regeneration. So these two additional roles that we're talking about right now, connector and translator, are needed at the very beginning and at the very end. Uh, the regeneration mm-hmm. that Mayuri spoke of, but also in the initial dating when the connector role is actually bringing the tribe together, right? connecting yeah. the members. Uh-huh. And the translator role that's getting them to speak uh, in the same language. Right, right. Yeah. In, in many ways, it's a very underappreciated role in the tribe, right? Because they're almost seen as the mischief makers in some ways. They're like, okay, what the hell is he up to now? Especially by the majority who likes the status quo because they have found their roles and they're comfortable in it. 
what what the connect and the translator do is say wait don't get too comfortable we need new sources of uh, vitality and brings in this new mm-hmm. mischief into mm-hmm. the system mm-hmm. right so with people who don't like change these roles are hated <laughs> but the people who people who like to experiment and try new things out they tend to connect well with these two roles yeah um okay uh, i well so uh just to wrap it up i guess we've explored uh, those uh, six roles that uh we found uh, are critical in the the functioning of a tribe the visioneer logistics lubricant critic connector and translator and uh, uh, well um, I don't know you, you guys have any closing thoughts on this yeah I think I think it's very important you don't see roles as people roles is 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 a space held by by a person within a specific context the moment you marry a role to a specific person in some way you're killing the person and the person's capability to be more than the role right so don't make these roles that we play identity statements of that particular individual yeah, yeah you, i would totally second is the roles are right. fluent and you're not only killing mm-hmm. the person but you're also killing the role because if you marry yes. the two of them mm-hmm. right yes and, uh, so that well the role has to be there but if the person is not feeling this way or feeling different then it's not being fulfilled and the tribe can fall down they are different this is extremely important yeah that the roles mm-hmm float fluently through all members yeah and and think of the tribe as a field where the roles can be uh, can come in so if you if you were to take a mythological a mythological uh, example of this right if you see the the role as uh, 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 you, you almost see them as floating archetypes right these are these are the archetypes that are crossing all over right and the person can connect with that archetype for a certain period of time to get that particular vital energy and then disconnect now that disconnection is important because if you don't disconnect the eye is completely lost mm-hmm. right so so the separation mm-hmm. so it it kind of uh, it kind of ties it back to to other fields as well when you start thinking about this so if you if you want to learn more about that i would suggest that you study study the work of a gentleman by the name of uh, edinger uh and especially a book called ego and the archetype uh you'll you'll uh you'll you'll know more than you need to know about this <laughs> yeah I, i i think i'll also second this idea that the uh, people in roles uh my perfect example i guess that my favorite example is the movie industry actually uh when people get together to make a movie they essentially form a very uh, close knit tribe they have to Uh, otherwise nothing works and uh, usually how, how it happens in Hollywood or whatever big productions uh, elsewhere uh, is that people are kind of pigeonholed into a particular role like if you are a shooter uh, you're a camera operator you're going to be camera operator pretty much for life for the rest of your life yeah you this is it like you know don't even don't even think about directing like don't even think about doing sound because you have no clue you are a shooter right so st- <laughs> stick to that uh, and uh well what what that what it does really uh, is is usually it uh, makes the studios well first of all it makes them stable which is good for business sometimes but it's really bad in my opinion for uh, the creativity of it 
and you really have what we what we see in usually is that you you really have to see a, pretty much a whole new studio emerge like you know uh, 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 Steve Jobs came and founded Pixar and that's it, it basically killed whatever Disney had for uh, many decades uh, and then Disney bought it and now it's uh, 3d <laughs> cartoons right that's that's a new wave uh, but it it took a whole new person a whole new you know something totally fresh to actually change that hmm. they couldn't do it uh, from inside because everything was you know, so strict. I, I, it, that wasn't the only reason, I guess, but uh, it's part of it. I think part of the reason is that everybody had this very specific role without any way of going yeah, in. They, they, they made the mistake of thinking that the role and the identity of the person is married. And, yeah. and if that regeneration had to happen, almost a new entity had to come into being to show them that, hey, if you, if you marry these two, you actually cause a degeneration and the creativity mm -hmm. is killed. Yes, yes. Uh, and it happens very naturally. Like people uh, in this day and age, they often identify themselves by profession. Yes, it's, a, it's in, um, they, they think that specialization will save them. In fact, uh, as nature and evolution has shown, over-specialization actually eradicates an entire species. Yes. <laughs> it's a generalism. <laughs> anyway, don't get me started on that. Yeah. Well, we, we've had a bunch of podcasts on that already. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's, uh, let's wrap up. I think we've uh, said enough on the, on the, on the roles and uh, their importance. Well, I guess with that. Good night and good luck. Have a wonderful day. And may you be happy. The copyright of this recording is owned by the Radical Change Group and the individual contributors. Permission to copy and distribute freely is granted, provided that the entire recording on this notice remain intact. Please visit us at www.radicalchangegroup.com. Your comments and feedback will be greatly appreciated.